We have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high impact. Five, four, three, two, all engines running. Ten questions with Adam Zwar. Big names, great minds. Make yourself a cup of tea. Liftoff. We have liftoff. Welcome back to 10 Questions. Sorry about the hiatus. I've been running around a bit lately. Today's guest is the magnificent Sam Simmons. He had a watershed year last year winning the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and the Barry Award at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. He's been on Conan, Dirty Laundry Live, Triple J, No Activity. It was great at No Activity. Check him out there. And sometimes you can find him drinking in dive bars in suburban LA. Minutes before this interview, he was stung by a spider and spent the first 90 seconds lying down. That's why the sound's a bit weird at the start, but it gets better. By God, it gets better. I started by asking Sam when he was most happy. Do I have to give like the proper like just one answer? No, no, go for it. A couple. Yeah. Okay. There's been a couple of times. Mostly it's that bit, you know, when you're not too drunk. Yeah. But just a little bit drunk. <laughs> That's when I'm most happy. Just like one or two beers and it's sunny and you're feeling pretty great. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, anything can happen. And you don't have anything to do, to do the next day. And you've done a good day of work. Yeah. That's when I'm most happy. And the other one is uh, I was doing a, a gig in Mount Isa, um, and I was scared because it was a thousand people in a civic centre, and I thought I would die. I was very early on in my comedy career, and I then realised that I could improv and make stuff up instead of delivering the lines on stage as a stand-up. And I improvised by grabbing a shopping trolley and getting into the shopping trolley and then using it like a gondola and coming out on stage in front of a thousand miners, uh, using a mop to push me along like the gondola. And I started singing Mopra. And I, w- I thought to myself, oh my God, this is what it is. And I felt really happy because I, I felt like I'd kind of unlocked a comedy key or yeah. um, a comedy padlock. Wow. Mo- it was a good moment, a really good moment. When was that? What year was that? Geez, that was eight years ago, and um, yeah, I hadn't. I mean, I still haven't worked it out. I still bomb, but uh, at least I'm valiant. I, I die noble deaths on stage like a gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're always they're always worthy. It's like, oh, but he died a good death. He was trying something weird. The thing is, you you are a fucking gladiator out there. You are like your. Well, you gotta be. That's, that is it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, who would you like to apologise to, and why? I think my, my brother and lots of my exes, lots of my exes, but my brother, I mean, I, I have apologised. I mean, it's not like I did anything really bad, but just, just a lot of, I'm just really sorry, because I, I ran away from home at 13 and he looked after me. Um, and he's my half-brother and he kind of put his life into stasis to look after me. And, you know, I've given him money and stuff like that and helped him out in hard times, but I just can't say sorry enough. I just think I ruined the um, the really you know, the sexy peak of his life in his mid-twenties because he was looking after a, an idiot teen. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you... And so, wh- I think apologies there, yeah. Uh, what does he say when you apologise to him? No, oh, I'm just, like, I'm sorry for being a dickhead. And sorry, sorry you got lumped with me, um, all that kind of stuff. Like, a lot of regret in a... He had to grow up a lot quicker than he probably... Sure, mind you, he's in his mid-twenties, he can deal with it. But, um, yeah, actually, fuck him. I, I'm not going to say sorry to him. I'll say sorry to all my exes. My exes. 
I've actually interviewed a few of your, or at least one of your exes uh, before. <laughs> so, um, so uh, just with your brother, what's his response when you say sorry? Is he is he like, I don't worry about it, or yeah, you oh did. yeah, totally. He loves yeah. me to death. Really proud. He's a very very funny man. Um, I think he's very secretly jealous of what I of what I do. Yeah, because he's funnier. He's way funnier. Very very bitchy um, truck driver like guy. Very yeah. funny. Imagine like a catty. A catty man and a wife beater. There's oh. something about him. He's very funny. That that is very evocative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, question three. What is your greatest regret? Oh, oh I think there's two. One's one's marriage. God, I just heard my wife then just yell out. She didn't hear that though. You know, she already knew. She knew what I was about to do. I think marriage. I'll be honest. Like it's really good. Like she's terrible. Look, it's terrible. It's really good that still I've got this person in my life forever. <laughs> forever. You don't really think about the whole forever side of it. It's just like, uh, what are you doing? It's not like I need to go off and do, like, you know, feel the sensation of like other women. It's just, what are you doing? Every day forever. Just waking up and looking, going, oh, there you are again. <laughs> but I love her so much, I'll never. Never divorce her. I'm just not a bad man like that. So it's just going to be forever. And I really regret it. It just be it's like it's so good to be alone and just wake up alone and we'll just shut the door and just shut them out of your life. And just, 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 you fucking stay in the lounge room. I'm in the, I'm in the bedroom. Get away from my life just for a few hours. So it's definitely my biggest regret. It's also one of my greatest achievements. But um, at that and also I, I was almost a fully qualified zookeeper and I. Almost became, um, <laughs> yeah, got into curating at Melbourne Zoo. So I kind of regret that as well. So animals and animals and my fucking wife. <laughs> what would you still need to do to feel you've lived a satisfactory life? No, oh, give her a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's <laughs> or well, I guess you know, in a real way, probably. Um, Helping people as opposed to, like, just uh, floating my way through this, like, ridiculous pursuit of being a clown for cash. <laughs> I think maybe volunteering somewhere eventually or just just giving back in some really nice way. I think that would make me feel good one day. That's a bit sentimental, but I think definitely I'd like to, um, you know, go wash leather assholes or something like that. <laughs> the next question, who is the person who most influenced you and how? Uh, my mother, um, horrible woman, horrible, <laughs> horrible lady, terrible lady. My whole, my whole life, I don't know if you saw, you saw my uh, show last year, but it was all about that. Um, and she, yeah, but she's just hilarious and bitter and twisted. And I'll tell you a quick story. She's like, she's really posh, but not at the same time. Kind of like, you know. Yeah. You know, like when your mum's voice had changed when she was around posh people? Yes. She'd go up and do this kind of, yeah. She's one of those ladies. So, so my image, when I think of her in my head, her Elvie. When I think of Elvie, I think of this woman propped up in bed with one of those U pillows. Remember the U pillows? Oh, or, yes. Yeah. With one of those, it was frilly. It was kind of like a salmon colour. And she'd be reading like a Danielle Steele novel or something, and she'd yell out... Um, to me, because I did all the cooking and stuff. It was weird, weird relationship. I think it's because she had me quite late. So when I was going through 
started to go through puberty. She was going through menopause. So there was a lot of hormones in the house. It was just weird. Well, yeah. we didn't like each other. And sometimes you just don't like it. You can't help it. You don't always like your parents, and they don't like you. So anyway. Um, so she popped up in bed on a Sunday morning reading a Danielle Steele novel, and then she, she'd yell out, Danielle, microwave mother a lamb chop. And it was the thing she liked, like on a Sunday morning, was individually wrapped um, lamb chops in the freezer door, which I then pop in the microwave for, uh, for like a minute and defrost and then chuck it into one of those. Remember those old grills? Those, um, the, the vertical grills. It was oh. like, a, like a poor man's George Foreman. Yeah. Yeah, pop them in that and then bring in, mum, bring in mama a lamb chop, the dollop of HP sauce. I think, oh. yeah, that's, I mean, she's definitely the one who shaped me the most. I mean, if that's not fucking weird. And anyway, is that why you yeah, ran away from home? Yeah. I, yeah, I nicked off at 13 and then I had to go back at 15 for legal uh, repercussions. But yeah, I, I just, I just buggered off early because it was just a pretty, pretty crazy scene. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The next question is, when was the last time you cried and why? Uh, last week, just watching one of those rescue dog videos on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't help but watch them. Like, where they find a dog like just snapping and snarling in some vacant lot like in you know philadelphia and then some guy just goes in there and just wins its heart oh, yeah yeah <laughs> and then the dog grows its hair back or it's got a gaping wound on the side and then it's licking and loving children you're like oh dog love. <laughs> <laughs> i can't help it i just lose it and they're so quick they're so perfectly made in that that like a the structure is perfect in those videos you know the, the beginning, beginning, middle, like and end. Lilting piano. Yeah, no, and with uh, sometimes no voiceover, just uh, graphics saying three months later. <laughs> oh, I love them so much. I love them. That's, I mean, that's what I'll be doing most mornings. I wake, and I, I, it's, it is bad, like Facebook and social media. But I will wake and just watch like ridiculous animal rescue videos to start my day. And I, I, I don't know if it's the right way to live. I should just go and do it myself, maybe. Well, you yeah, you you got away with animals, the zookeeping thing, regardless of uh, not passing the test or whatever it was. You know, you you've no, got... I, no, I chose to be. I was either going to be a quite literally go out to the Cocos Islands and work with six female elephants coming to Melbourne Zoo. Um, at the very same time, I was offered a gig um, on Triple J, and I just I just took the easier option. Oh, option option A, I like option B to seem better because I didn't have to pick up a. Turds, I guess. <laughs> I, I do regret it sometimes. It was a wonderful job. You, mate, I see a lot of the, the young Triple J faces in your in your audiences all the time, mate. They, they oh yeah, absolutely. No, no. The, 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 you know what's really great about that? Because you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I sound like a blokey guy, but my ex, you know, as you know, you know, it's quite weird and it's yeah. almost verging on on slightly effeminate. So it's kind of interesting when I do look out at the kind of like the the youth and like. Bogan kind of, um, you know, blue-collar tradie brigade that come to my shows, and I think, oh, I'm doing my bit. I'm doing my bit here, yeah. educating the Bogans. Yeah, About a yeah. little bit of feminine art. Against their will. Because <laughs> <laughs> they do, they'll come up, they'll go, oh, mate, you're all fucking weird. We love it. I'm like, all right, good. Thank you. <laughs> you give them, a, you give them a, enough of what they want, and then you take them on a journey as well. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I mean, I love that's my favourite part of an audience is that questioning kind of like I don't know whether we we should be liking this or not. 
Well, that was evident the other night. You're, you came to watch me do a spot the other night. I had a little bit called uh, Got a Little Doodle, which got nothing. It was just uh, Got a Little Doodle on repeat, if you remember. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was really quite awkward for everyone. I saw one lady in the front row just look at me like, what is this? I loved right. that. The she doodle. Right, though, but she is right. It's yeah. a doodle, mate. It's a doodle. But, yeah, yeah. I reckon that'll play well at home. <laughs> we'll see. And, we'll the see doodle, and, and in England. <laughs> um. What is your the next question is what is your current state of mind? Loose because I wake up at like five a.m. Um, and I'm I'm mid creating a show, a new live show yeah. at the moment, which is the best part of the whole experience is the creating and the fantasy in your head about how well something's going to go. And yeah. so, so things are good in my mind right now, but we'll see how it goes when we get to opening night. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, now it's it's almost elation because I think I'm there, and it's loose. It's a good it's a good state of mind at the moment. I mean, what I admire so much about what you do is the trust that you put in your technical crew all the time. Because I'm always going, I oh, know, fuck that, I can't, I cannot rely on anybody. This is bullshit. Yeah, I but, I'm, but you yeah, do but it. I've done it for dummies. It's it's like really, I have sometimes a maximum of like. 12 audio cues in my show and that's it yeah it's just that i have to i don't trust enough so i time huge track which is to my detriment as well because then i get to play around and muck around with people and interact i'm like just listening to an audio track or trying to time my words to a a neo morricone score i'm like an idiot (laughs) so it's about maybe cutting down that kind of stuff and so there's less of the technical in there and you know more more of the vanilla stand-up Mate, no, I love I love the interaction you have with yourself and or Paddy Bramall or or whoever. I, I noticed I haven't been on there yet, but um, one day. I actually wanted to approach you, but we ran out of time. I didn't even know you were here, mate. Yeah, uh, mate, I came. I left quietly, and I came here quietly. To be honest, I, yeah, I, I know. It's just You're like that. Well, I just uh, yeah. I, there's a guy who I was friends with when I was 21, and he had a party because he was leaving Brisbane to go to Perth. And his parents yeah. actually were rich, and they threw this massive party for him. There was a band and everything. Paul's going to Perth. And literally four days later, I was walking down the, the Queen Street Mall in Brisbane, and I saw him, and I said, what happened to Perth? And he goes, oh, it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always paranoid, mate, that I'm going to be I going back. Mean, I know exactly what you mean. It's also about saying things out loud if they don't happen because you look like an idiot. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I just told you my news before from the UK, but there's a you know a one a point one percent chance something will go wrong, and then I'll be like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're hardened, aren't we? Um, yeah, absolutely. The the next question is, what do you consider your greatest achievement? Oh, I think. Uh, look, I mean, how 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 serious are the answers to these things? Oh, serious and. And dumb, whatever you like. Yeah, okay. Well, I think, I think survive, oh, surviving. No, I'm not saying that. How about surviving? Anyone that says, oh, I survived, bloody. Anyway, it will probably be surviving. My, my, my sense of humor surviving my childhood, I think, because it was pretty rough. Yeah. It's not, oh, woe is me, but I am really proud of that because uh, I could be a massive drug addict or something or, or you know, in a word, or dead, yeah. quite seriously. And I think, um, that's that's my greatest achievement was uh, getting getting through some pretty dark stuff. Yep. And being, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite tolerant. Yeah. I think. Do you, you know, find- I saw a 
Sorry. I saw a Polish person the other day um, just walking on the street, and I was totally fine with it, you know? <laughs> I know there's was a Poles. You guys are Polish. Ger- Deutschland. Germans. Oh, damn it. All our family came, all the Lutherans got off the boat around your area. And, oh, really? Of course, Handorf. Yeah, and then they moved to um, then they moved to Victoria, and you know, got, okay. So I just looked up the origin of your surname, and it said Polish. So I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. There is, there is a bit. Of, there, I think it was, it was a little bit longer the surname, and then they just shortened it at some stage. We speculated a little longer on the origins of my name, which eventually ended in Sam accusing me of pretending to be Jewish to increase my comedy credibility. Which is pretty spot on. Um, who would you like on your side in a battle and why? Ricky May. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's big. He was big. Yes. Solid. <laughs> and he's yeah. a croon. No, Ricky May and John English. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, John English would just get... Answer. That's brilliant. No one's mentioned John English. No one's mentioned Ricky May. But oh, I... Black Eyes. Yeah, John English though yeah. he'd he'd look I after you. Him. I don't know. I think re- really in a battle, I, I'm a, definitely my best mate, Max. Yep. Um, is he funny? He's he's failed. He's 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 really funny. He's wonderful, but he's failed his uh, he failed his uh, what do you call it? An audition or um, uh, when you become a paramedic, you have to not audition. You have to what the, you do the, the test. You know the um. The test, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, test, I guess. But he's failed that like four times, but he's the kind of guy that would be cool in a crisis. Like, he could be a paramedic. I know he's not, yeah. it's a stupid story because he's not a paramedic. But any, I mean, any paramedic because they're amazing people. Um, I think I'd bring him to battle. And I'd also love my, my comedy hero would be Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr, but I love Bill yeah. there. Just having a whinge. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you guys performed together on the same bill or Yeah, anything? he, yeah, we did a gig last year and. It was in a weird warehouse in downtown LA, and it was a, like a hipster a bomb went off, and he walked in, and he's like, oh, my God, look at this fucking hipster <laughs> shit everywhere. And then he looked across at me. like, and I know I look like the ultimate hipster because I wear a funny hat and glasses and the mustache. He just looked at me and went, ah, shit. And then I had to try and explain to him that I'm way more 980s cricket than I am hipster with this mustache, and I've had it since 2009, yeah. which predates all of that shit. Yeah. Um, and it is like this is my homage to the Australian male um, via cricket in the 1980s. Yeah, without a doubt, this is not hipster. This is just what my head looks like. When you see me on stage, it's like, oh, that's not a hipster. That's just not right. <laughs> but he prejudged. He pre- he just thought I was part of the whole thing. I was like, no, I'm not. About now, I asked Sam if Bill Burr understood his cricket reference, and Sam said Bill had tried to relate it to baseball and it didn't really work. Then our conversation moved on to footballers, and Sam said he'd seen a certain AFL legend at a bottle shop recently looking in pretty bad shape. And then we talked about another footballer who'd urinated on some people outside a pub, and then we talked about another athlete who was recently accused of exposing himself in public. I would have loved to have played that bit of the conversation for you, but I don't have the time or the money to defend three separate defamation suits. Something's gone wrong, Adam. You've done. You've un, You've unlocked something, mate. This is what this podcast is all about. Not good. Um. <laughs> the final question: What would you like your last words to be? Rad sticks. Beautiful. <laughs> Only because um. It's something whenever we were in turbulence in the air, like, you know, with this job flying around a lot, uh, my wife's a very nervous flyer. 
and we all it felt like we were almost going to die. And I've always said to her, "Hey, whatever you do, my final words to you, I'll be, it will be two thumbs up." And I'll just look at you and go, "Rad sticks." Rad sticks. There's no, there's no love in it. There's nothing. We have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high impact. Five, four, three, two. All engines running. Ten questions with Adam Zwar. Big names, great minds. Make yourself a cup of tea. Liftoff. We have liftoff. 